0: CFE Research Podcast, a podcast that aims to showcase the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education.
1: That pedagogy first technology second is a great, it's just great in terms of your practitioners, your teachers for them to think like that. If you can, if you can drop in the educational research or the practice first, I you know, just this year, you see the ears go up and they want to listen, and then you say, Oh, well, actually, this technology could really do that for you. You you have a huge, huge advantage.
0: Hello and welcome to the FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon and my partner in crime is
2: It's Alistair Smith. Hello, Joe, how are you?
0: I'm good, how are you?
2: Not too bad at all, thank you very much.
0: So we've got a real treat today. Uh, we've got Steve Spence uh, from Sheffield,
1: actually practically a neighbour.
0: So hello, Steve.
1: Hello, Joe. Um, hello, Alistair. Good evening. Hello. It's, it's,
0: thanks for joining us from
1: your loft,
0: from your yes. luxurious loft. Yes. <laughs> uh, OK, right. Well, I'm going to tell people a bit about you. Uh, so Steve has worked in further education for over 15 years now. He's currently the lead for teaching, learning and innovation at the Sheffield College supporting the positive progress made at the college in recent years. He's a keen advocate of supporting others to engage in research and has been, a, has been very much research active himself for quite a few years now. He completed his master's back in 2013 and he's just now in the last throes, the final throes um, of his doctorate, which is um, here to tell us a bit more about today. So, uh, well, let, let's get cracking then. Tell us, um, tell us about that research journey. What you up to? Yeah uh,
1: yes thank you so um yeah i mean i started in uh, i don't want to go back too much cuz everybody'll switch mm-hmm. off but i've i started in 2006 in in further education and um i was in actually further higher education at that time and uh, just really enjoyed it and I, I remember going to my first sort of teacher ed programs and and um finding the tutor very inspirational and um really enjoyed all of those sessions, and I remember going to quite a few, and, and and a few were like, "Oh, we've done full days at work, and now we've got to stay four to eight on this program." And I was like, "Yeah, it's great, isn't it?" And I was, <laughs> I was sort of young and loved it. And um, thankfully, uh, I've kept most of that with me now. So even even when I first started, um, I really enjoyed all aspects of of the teacher ed stuff, um, and 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 working my way through those programs, and then. Um, I'd really started to enjoy the research aspects within fe and, and I really became focused on fe and, and and as you just alluded to there that sort of uh, moving on to my my masters uh, in 2010 to 2013 um, really sort of set me up um, and I started doing my own research and and, and and engaging in different things so aspects of my um, my masters were around, I suppose at that level, I was starting to understand the research process as well in further education. So that was one aspect. But then from a knowledge perspective, I did a little bit around uh, leadership and management. um, And I did a little bit around, um, I really started to enjoy views of intelligence. And then I I finished actually Up my dissertation was on, uh, the current state of educational neuroscience. And um, I wish I'd done a a little bit more on that because it became really prevalent after (laughs) two for loads of big-hitting authors to put books and things yeah. out, um, saying saying very similar things to what I'd done, but they became really famous. But uh, anyway... Um,
0: oh, you're not bitter, are you? No, I'm not, no.
1: no. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all, sat in my loft. <laughs> no. Um, so obviously I really enjoyed that. And then I suppose after that, it's been a case of, although I've been doing doing my, my research, I suppose there's been an element of me initially just starting with one or two friends in the sector or the colleges or departments that I was at, maybe saying to them, oh, this is interesting. Or have you read, you know, have you seen this? Do you do any research? Mm -hmm. And and that's just grown and grown into the position uh, that that I I kind of have now at at a college where that's one of the big aspects of what I try and do.
0: Okay. Well, just before you tell us about the college and the research sort of culture in the college, will you tell us about so you finished your master's what what made you take that step towards a doctorate then because that's certainly not what you know no it's not a very common thing in the sector so what made you do that and what's made you stay with it
1: um yeah it's it's a very good point i I kind of always knew when i when i started doing the the master's originally that i really enjoyed it and and i go back to that really positive uh, pgc tutor that i had who sort of I remember. I'll never forget. a sort of saying in a one-to-one with me, you'll definitely go and do your doctorate. I can see that, and you'll, you'll, you know, I can see you. You want to do that in the future, so that always sticks with me. But more than anything, Joe, I think there has to be an element that you that you want to do it because, um, you know, if you look at the basics of motivation, if it's if it's intrinsic and you're doing it because you actually enjoy it, you don't mind coming into a loft at six, seven, eight o'clock at night after you've had a day at work and doing a little bit more studying or the odd weekend. If you're actually doing it just to, from more of an external point of view to maybe enhance a a CV or maybe move positions. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all, you know, not at all. Um, but it's different, isn't it? Whereas I, I, I Mm. do, I do like, uh, reading different aspects. I do like looking at, um, you know, the different research that's out there. And, um, I think that's helped me. And, And actually my doctorate's been a bit of a, um, it's been a bit of a, a, a you know, it's changing direction a few times because I, I've changed position three or four times in, in that time and institutions. So um, I've got a different supervisor now than when I started the program. And obviously the last years, there's been a lot of change. So, but the, the aspect of actually enjoying it and seeing the, the end and enjoying going through the process is, is thankfully, is thankfully still there. So, still um, there. Right. Yeah. Okay. so, yeah. So
0: tell us a bit about the subject matter then. What is it you've been, um, at, you know, your topic, your, your focus of research?
1: Yeah. So it's um, the, 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 the doctorate is, uh, will finish in, um, it's around designing effective online pedagogies and effective online learning primarily. So it's, it's quite um, uh, prevalent to the, to the initial time. So in terms of Sort of large reviews of literature. Uh, I've looked at a lot of um, what effective instruction is, and a lot of the literature around that. That there is, that there's been quite a lot of literature around that in the last sort of um, ten years with the research. Well, a lot longer than that, but really come to the fore with a lot of the uh, the research ed movement and the and the um, Rosen Science Principles and the and the work of Paul Kirshner and, and designing what effective learning looks like. So, I've looked at that in just you know in terms of what what what's said out there in terms of what effective instruction is uh, i've then been able to go down the avenues of looking at okay that's effective instruction does the literature around what effective online instruction is there any differences for example so are we looking at something that's different within there um, and then obviously a strand of um, how do we how do we get to these positions uh, if we find a, a way of being able to establish what effective online teaching and learning is well how are we going to get a staff a workforce sometimes in a further education institution you could be talking 800 staff so how do we how do we support staff in that way so um that's where it is i'm obviously really enjoying it um uh, one part of the the study that just sort of came out of nowhere uh, or the thesis um uh, was uh, an extra study on sort of looking at um, getting the getting the the sort of perceptions of staff on this emergency remote sort of overnight change, um, which is sort yeah. of which is sort of added to 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 to, to what I'm what I'm doing. So um, mm. some really cool stuff out there, and I, I suppose the outcomes will will hopefully give us a little bit more of an insight into um, sort of um, designing effective online learning per se. Also, what effective online instruction is potentially in within mm-hmm. sessions, and does it look different from maybe a face-to-face class? And then, how do we get there? So, how do we create models and strategies and systems that allow us to to go on a journey? So we don't just get ten percent of a of a workforce who are really engaged in digital, being able to do it, and then everybody else not seeing those benefits. So,
0: well, yeah, it's yeah, been really enjoyable. So obviously, you started out pre pre pandemic. So you 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 were perhaps perfectly poised there with a body of knowledge. As people went into that first lockdown, were you able to you know bring some of your knowledge, learning, understanding you know into play?
1: E- yes, I would say so. I, I maybe had a um, a little bit of an advantage in in the terms of of the college that I'm at now, which is. I know we've mentioned it. It's the Sheffield College. So mm-hmm. um, I was already working on um, through some some research. I was already working on creating uh, a digital development program that's that is inclusive for all staff, um, and really trying to uh, you know get that in get that in place. Uh, anyway and it just it just sort of made that even even easier and more important in in respect and and i've been able to review that for this entire year um i think the other thing that enabled me to do was ensure that at all times um there is a clear link between um what what the the science and practice tells us of uh, on on um around effective uh like i say effective learning effective learning strategies mm-hmm. etc and technology because yeah. that's also been one of the aspects where it can fall down that c- quite often staff will te- tech can be seen education technology obviously can just be seen as a as a bit of a gimmick um can't it and and, and let's mm-hmm. let you know uh, you know this week we're going to look at this app the next week we're looking at another app and that's also mm-hmm. ideas that, that's come through and been discovered whereas when you one of the things that we, that I found is when you phrase that differently and I've actually I have actually had an article out on this when you phrase that that differently and say look at some of the most um probably impactful research over the last 10 years and and I always quote the the Dunlosky paper from 2013 um well Dunlosky and his friends that, that was that really highlighted the importance of practice testing Uh, or or recall in the learning process and also distributing practice Uh, uh, and when you and when you look at that um that's that's so easy to take some research that's very well um respected and you know very simply put that into to practice using technology so when you start to frame it like that it picks up pace with teachers Mm -hmm.
0: okay um so let's think about all the teachers lectures that you work with then so you, you said that you've been um, building up that kind of culture of engagement with research so so what does that look like at the sheffield college then
1: yes uh it's been i have to say i've loved it since going to sheffield i loved it at my my previous institution um as well uh, well i've loved i've genuinely loved my whole time in in uh, in further ed and um they've all brought different challenges with different roles what what i've tried to establish at sheffield is something that um that sort of teacher research or that research engagement is that all staff are welcome. That there's yeah. that it's a it, there's a cultural opportunity for everybody to engage uh, in something in, in many respects. And and by that I mean that the beauty of a of a general further education college, which is where I am now and in my previous institution, is it's just so diverse. It's um, it's so diverse in terms of the students, in terms of the courses, and that's also the same in terms of um, in terms of the staff who who deliver learning there. Uh, well, all the staff, but you know uh, you can go from a you can go from an inclusion group to an A level group to a to a higher national or degree program um, within an hour of each other, and and it's that um, it's that appreciation that there's so many different backgrounds of staff um, that. We want all staff to feel welcome that research isn't there to scare anybody or exclude anybody. Um, there's, there's an opportunity somewhere um, mm. for them to get to, to engage in some kind of research. So that's always my starting point.
0: Okay. Uh, so do, do you have, um, so some places are setting up regular, you know, sort of groups where are meeting regularly. Do you have that kind of thing going on or is it sort of more dispersed throughout your professional learning
1: programme? Yeah, we, we have a few um, different aspects happening. So one of the things that um, one of the things that we have had at the the college is um, standard things. Um, when I got there in October eighteen, that I wanted to sort of bring all aspects of development forward. So we started to have teach meets put into the calendar we started to have research clusters put into the calendar and that has carried on. Um, just before yeah. Christmas, we had a, a really big online meet, which had, you know, over 90 people attend. Um, and subsequent, subsequently, we've set up a community of practice that's got 98 staff in it, which is fantastic. So that is happening. Um, yeah. And yeah, that 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 is starting to, you know, that, that is continuing. I think in terms of more regular meetings, uh, we have a we have an innovation meeting with our learning development coaches who are who are fabulous who work across the college and try and um, offer that sort of very much um, peer guidance, peer coaching, and that meeting there is then dispersed into faculties, etc. So um, yeah, we've 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 put a lot of things into this, the schedule, and and I think one thing I would say is, and I'm always wary of this, and it's a bit like one of my one of my main things I always remember is all staff are welcome in some way, shape, or form, but it's mm-hmm. it's not compulsory in terms of engaging in mm-hmm. sort of these aspects because that's not what we want to make it. And the mm-hmm. the third thing on that is that I don't oversaturate the things that we do and I do too much, um, because that also it, you know in my experience there's no evidence mm-hmm. on that. But if you again if you're bringing out too much and there's too many things there. It gets very hard for, for for busy teachers teaching every day and and doing all the other things around that for them to know exactly where where they're going with it. Whereas if it's a if it's a teach me or or a research cluster, it's very easy to sort of join that that little cluster.
0: Right. Thank you very much. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over to uh, Alistair
2: now for a few questions. Thank you, Joe. Now, Steve, I was just. Um... Catching that bit where you mentioned an article, I'm I'm really interested to know if you could tell me a little bit more about that that, that you published on um, technology and education.
1: I, I can do, yeah, and and I maybe should have. Um, that was one of the other things coming through the process. I always wanted to have a couple of um, couple of articles uh, published, and I know that I'd mentioned it earlier that um, it's more prevalent now, isn't it? The last um, ten years, I'm sure you, you've both seen that. Whereas. People from FE do actually have publications in a range of things. Yes, in academic journals, but also um, you know there's the, there's there's so many more opportunities for people in the sector through wonderful things like this: the Research Meet movement, the the, the Twitter movement, FE speaks movement. Uh, so there's so many more avenues. Um, the recent one that I alluded to there was an article in FE News, actually. Um, so it wasn't let's it wasn't a, an academic journal, um, but I think FE, you know, I, I like all those um, those sort of uh, these articles as a quick read, and um, I'd I'd actually seen on Twitter that there was a bit of a um, what's the word? There was a bit of negativity shown towards an article that had been published by FE News um, with a um, a CEO of a technology company, and that's that's no dig at all on technology companies because. I know some, and they're absolutely fantastic. I have to say. Um, so, but 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 um, I think this this person talking about the technology had alluded to learning styles quite a lot, and basically, you know, talked a lot about well, this technology is great because it suits people's learning styles, etc., etc., etc. Quite a lot throughout the article, and I think there was a bit of criticism. So I actually read the some of the criticisms, and I read the article, and I could I could see where everything was coming from. So I thought. As somebody who splits both the boundaries I, I or both camps, I, I love the research ed movement. And, and I've, I've kind of been doing that for probably over 10 years now. I've been involved in that um, in some way, shape or form. And, and, and as I've just alluded to, it's a lot more prevalent. There's a lot more people doing it now. Um, so I've been doing that a, a long time, but I've also been using technology in my own delivery um, and even researching uh, technology now and how it can be used Uh, within education so it just i i just put an article together that really looked at and asked the question um can evidence-based practice and ed tech intersect to support learning um i think was the title and i alluded to loads of examples as i've mentioned earlier the dunlosky example but i then i then picked up some other really salient research that's that's been well respected in the educational community in, in in uh in recent years and i sort of then just said Well, there's the research that everybody in education believes and works to, and rightly so. The research is really strong, and this is how, used effectively, technology um, can be utilised to embed this practice to impact positively on learning. Um, And then I sort of obviously said, so it's yes, the 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 first article that that got the criticism probably was slightly incorrect, Um, and technology gives us a lot more than than um um working with people's learning styles and i obviously i'm not going to talk too much i know i know there's a there's a lot of debunking let's say around the learning styles etc etc although i do at sometimes i do actually think that some of the actual debunking has been misunderstood in in the let's say the educational community as well which also does does make me laugh so um that was the article, and I think it was it was well. I think
2: it's had over four thousand reads, which is quite good. So quite happy with that one. Something to get the the thinking going and, and a bit more thought provo- uh, provocation as well, Steve. So yeah, great. Um, so going back to the, <coughs> excuse me, going back to the doctorate work. Um, have you got any emerging themes at this stage, or any key findings that are starting to come through?
1: Um, yeah, I mean a couple of a couple of early things seem obvious but sometimes um I think sometimes a, a close friend of mine at Sheffield always says that she's like one she refers to me as an academic which clearly I'm not but she'll always go I can't believe you've got to do all this studying to find that out when it's so obvious <laughs> that always <laughs> makes me laugh um so she'll laugh at this if she ever listens to it but that actually um the, the, some of the research in terms of making sure there is a, a clear um a network for for support for and a digital direction let's say our digital workforce development strategy and how you enact that is really really important um i think too often in the last i can only go back from my time in education you know so let's say um the last sort of 15 16 years i've i've um i've seen and witnessed where there hasn't been a clear strategy in how an articulation of how uh, education technology tools can be used, and how we're actually going to bring staff on that journey. So that's definitely come come out of, of of the research so far that having a clear workforce development strategy in relation to education technology is really important. Um, what's what's just coming out now? Um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of this aspect of it. Is um, is what what's actually met, uh, what actually is constitutes sort of an an effective session online, if that makes sense, or or how effective sessions are are, 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 are sort of uh, delivered um, online. With the the final aspect is is obviously where I'm I'm looking at actually more of a program of learning. So rather than one one session, looking at the actual development of a of a of a whole session. Uh, sorry, of a whole program of learning. Um. So so there are little bits that I've got certain things, but I can't really um. Put everything on on the um, you know on the this this is exactly what we found so far. Um, obviously, again, there is an element of how so it, it's not been fully defined. There's one extra little thing I've got to do, but but how we take pe- people on the journey and how um, the coaching element, let's say, uh, works to to support people to to develop these new skills, trial these new skills, and feel comfortable in actually uh, enacting them in practice
2: brilliant and and while you've still got some room to go with that steve i wonder um what it means for your students and the college at the moment have you been able to um, use these findings to feed into um, your practice as well as those those around you
1: yeah yeah i mean that that is one of the the benefits so um i believe that at the college we can every, we we've done some good things everybody does does um i think the, the sector has done amazing things they really really have um at, at the college one of the the big things that we've done it is through through enacting a a um digital enhancement strategy that I've, I've alluded to in the last previous point and and through um uh coaching more of a coaching model in terms of supporting supporting staff in delivery so we've into our policies we've put in um, We've put in a, 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 a primarily sort of a um, very much a supportive observation of online learning for, for, for all staff this year, which, is, which has been really well received. Um, so I think in terms of that, we've the 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 engagement that we've had with staff on on the um, the the programs and, the, and their development has been phenomenal. So we've had nearly five hundred staff. Who've worked through our um, our stage one and stage two of our digital programs, uh, which which basically through through the research finds out that a lot of staff, what we don't want to do is overwhelm them too soon, and we just want them to be able to, you know, they just want to be able to build up incrementally. So that's uh, that's sort of one of the elements that we've had in our digital development program. So yeah, like I say, we've had nearly 500 staff complete complete those. Um, we've just launched more of a an advanced program that takes it from uh, skills to actual pedagogy. So rather than somebody being able to use um, Google Meet or Google Classroom or other colleges, Microsoft Teams or something, we're actually now um, moving it to more of a, a, an action research case study to complete this, this next level where you're actually uh, investigating um, a, a problem that you found, how education technology has been used, collecting a little data set. And running with that and we, we've just launched that and, and we've had uh, 31 applications uh, as of today for that program which again it just reaffirms to me that we've had the 500 people work through the skill-based aspects and now we've got 31 already um, going through the first the application actually closes on Friday so we might get a few more so I think that really helps and how does that help the students well I know I got away from that which I have a tendency to do so uh, uh, apologies Alistair but the the long point was to say that it gets to the students because, you know, we are delivering some, you know, some really good, good learning online and staff feel confident in in being able to do that. And the best thing is where they don't, they can, they've got, they've got areas that they can come back to and come forward and actually ask for supportive help. So I think that's really helped and it's really helped with the, the experience that the students are getting, you know, they're all given a good induction, they're told what, what apps they're going to need to use. Um, one of the other really key aspects that came out of the original first bit of research, actually, um, Alistair, I didn't mention that was that moving to uh, you know one primarily a smaller set of tools and one virtual learning environment um, really speeds up the pace that you can move at. So that's something else that we've actually enacted from from June last year. Uh, to to really help with the pace of change. And that's something else that the students benefit from because soon as they, even before they join the college, all their accounts are set up. uh, They know what apps they have to download. They know where all their aspects of learning is going to be. um, And that's the same for, for each module, unit, teacher that they go to. So they're not going to somebody and working on Google Docs, going to somebody else and working on Microsoft Word Submitting, submitting work through this with somebody, and then submitting—we've—we've—we've we've, we've pulled it all into one. So I think that's also
2: uh, had a really positive impact. Yeah, keeping it simple and all in one place. So this—it's a quite a pivotal moment right now with uh, having responded to teaching remotely and and um, the the COVID and things. But in terms of your research, what's next? I mean, now we're kind of returning back to the classrooms. Um, is, is it still a, a matter of kind of pushing forward about how you can use this digital technology? What What's next on the horizon for you? Yeah,
1: I mean, for me, the, it, it's strange because I see myself as somebody who really engages in educational research and aspects of that are technology, technology, um, And it's strange that my doctorate will be in that, but I think a a large chunk of the doctorate is around effective learning and and all the research around that. It's probably probably what I've researched more than anything else in the last 10 to 12 years, all all aspects of it from a a cognitive psychologist's point of view, even aspects of behaviorism, even aspects of moving um, wider than that into other theories of learning. So in terms, and then it's just, for for me, it's just what does that look like in the current, current online and digital world? Um, where do I see it going? I think what there's just there's just so many opportunities. Uh, we don't use technology for the sake of it. That's one of the messages that we that I've really been trying to get to our senior leadership and actually our executive executive leadership team. That uh, we've got some great opportunities here, and if we can if I can get that at the top of the college being understood, but also um, understood with with all the teachers and and and, uh, and the um, sort of team leaders of each academy. Um, what what can how is your curriculum and your intent of your curriculum and your if you want to use the the Ofsted terms your 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 implementation your teaching and learning how's that going to be better in 2021 because of all this new stuff that we've learned than it was in 2019 or 2018 and that's some of the questions and you know what a couple of examples it's it's been Fantastic to have those discussions. Um, I'm doing a lot of uh, supportive observations of online learning across the college, and I'm very privileged to be able to do that. Um, You know, I've um, I've done in well, I've 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 done quite a few um, in all different areas, and I look at just a conversation I was having with um, a lady yesterday who teaches in uh, sort of um, art, um, art and textiles, and and just to ask that question and say so you know, what, what, what are your opportunities for next year? And to have them saying to me, well, I can't, you know, there's aspects that I'm really looking forward to going back in, which is great and, and they should be, you know, there's some great, we, we love teaching face-to-face and it's brilliant and the energy and we, we all miss that. But then to hear this member of staff saying, but I'm definitely going to create, uh, I'm going to create the videos in advance of me doing practical work because there's a lot of practical the students have loved being able to go back and and rewatch the videos and re-watch the videos and and practice as much as they want. And and we all know if you want to get good at something, practicing and practicing in the right way with the right guidance is going to help you. So to hear a teacher articulating this to me, which is for me, that was that was pedagogy first, technology second, she's actually found a way of being able to do that is phenomenal. And there's there's loads of different examples um like I've just given there from from people who teach more theoretical and exam-based units, saying that you know they're they're going to continue to use some of the quiz options that we've got to continue that that checking of learning both in the, in a session, whether that session be face to face or online, but also to enable that independent you know that independent learning for the student that's targeted. So there's some great opportunities, and I think yeah for the for the for the intent of the curriculum, there's there's some fantastic opportunities for for or everybody and curriculum leaders to, to devise things that are that are that are re- really
2: enhanced and how we used to have it. Do you know, I was I was going to ask you next about um, have you got a key message, but th- there's something you said in there that that you said with a bit more emphasis, which was the um, the pedagogy first, technology second. So I'm I'm going to take that from you anyway as one of the key messages, Steve. But is there anything else that you think you could add from the research that you've done so far as a a kind of headline summary of of what's really important.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that that is a cornerstone because that that uh, pedagogy uh, pedagogy first, technology seconds. Really key, isn't it? Because it's key for the teachers to think like that. And as I mentioned, quite often, you know, and I have seen this. I haven't got this data. This is very much anecdotal. Now, this is my my fifteen years in education. Quite often, before they've even come to a a session, um, that would be mentioning technology. And I've I've seen close you know close peers in departments who we've both gone to the same session and they as soon as before we even get there don't want to go um, and that's I don't and I'm not saying that's a you know that the couple of the people I'm talking about are, are wonderful teachers don't get me wrong but I think that pedagogy first technology second is a great it's just great in terms of your practitioners your teachers for them to think like that if you can if you can drop in the educational research or the practice first. I, you know, just this year, you see the ears go up and they want to listen, and then you say, "Oh, well, actually, this technology could really do that for you." You you have a huge, huge advantage, and then if you flip that over and think about that in terms of how we're challenging our curriculum leaders, heads of department, etc., senior leadership teams, uh, they should all all you know they should all also be thinking like that. So that's that's key. Agree with that. I think the other thing is. A, a clear strategy of progression for all of the staff, you know, a clear vision and a clear strategy. And then the third thing would be obviously how you're going to get there. And I think what what I'm finding more and more, and I can't give the exact themes here because I am still analysing the data. Um but obviously is having that 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 coaching culture that that enables it to be okay to say that was really hard or or that didn't work or that didn't go like I thought it would or I click the wrong button.
2: So I think those three things are key. I like that last one. That's normalising the journey on the process, isn't it, Steve? It it puts you all in the same boat on learning along the way. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Yeah. Some great thinking to be shared as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve, for your time and sharing all of that. So when do you expect to finished does ever do you hate it when people ask you that when no, will you be
1: no. finished <laughs> no I don't actually I think it'll be um probably uh any any time between the next 12 to 18 months I know that seems quite a long way off but I did actually um around what would it have been 2018 I had um I was I sort of had 18 months um off again due to changing roles and then changing the institutions so but but you know what? Finishing it doesn't doesn't. I, I'm not thinking. Oh, I've got to finish it. Oh, I want to get this done. I've got to finish, etc. It's more just um, plodding along, enjoying it, um, doing the research, and then and then and then pulling that together. And hopefully, there's something there. And I think, like everything, you, you, I've I've become very um, philosophical on on what research does, and I mean that in terms of I've actually mentioned. You know, on I think I've said this in a, a few times I spoke. I don't really. I'm not a philosopher, so I don't really like um, the philosophy aspect of doing. Uh, mine's actually a, a, an EdD, not a, not a, a PhD. So okay. I don't really like to get into the debates around epistemology and stuff like that. I like to. I'm a researcher that wants to find something out that has an impact in my sector, um, and and on on top of that, I just plod along, and the research will, will give me some really good tangible impacts. And then, like everything. You sort of get to the point now where where I am, I haven't been doing it for 10, 12 years in aspects of research, that you could find something really cool out, but um, it's probably not going to be fixed anyway. You're probably going to spend the next few years refining and carrying on the research and reviewing it and adapting it. So I think I've come to terms with that now.
0: And all of that is really useful, I think, for people starting out to hear about how things change and adapt. You might change roles, your focus might change and realistic expectations about yeah what you might be finding out and the impact that might have so that's really useful to share thank you so much um yeah for spending time with us on the fe research podcast it's been great
1: thank you very much for having me i've loved it thank you thanks very much bye -bye.
2: You've been listening to the FE Research Podcast. You can follow the conversations on Twitter using the hashtag FE Research Podcast. Thanks for listening, and hopefully you can join us again soon.